TCL is a proud sponsor of the 1500 ESPN Studios. TCL, America's fastest-growing TV brand. I can't tell you how much I enjoyed saying touch them all. Way back and gone! Touch them all, Joe Maurer! And now these guys are making it relevant to this year's Twins. Now our two resident hardball nerds will attempt to touch them all on the week's news surrounding the Twins in MLB. Here's Phil Mackey and Derek Wetmore. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Touch Em All podcast. I'm Derek Wetmore. I'm flying solo today. We're doing a Facebook Live show. Um, it's question and answers from the audience. We're going to talk about Paul Molitor. We're going to talk about Joe Maurer, it sounds like. We might talk about Thad Levine. And I want to get into my hot take of the day, which is that the Twins and Brewers were in exactly the same spot last year. Now the Brewers are playing for a spot in the National League Championship Series. And the Twins are playing golf and looking for a new manager. That is uh, my hot take. I don't actually think it's that hot. That's kind of the way. That's kind of the way I treat hot takes. Is uh, I just say what I believe all the time, and people tell me if it's a hot take or not. So we'll get into all that and plenty more. I'm sure. If there are questions on the Facebook page, I'll get to all those as my top priority. Um, Want to reward the Facebook audience for following along. That's at Derek Wetmore MLB. That's where you can find the show. I see Chad popped a question in here as we talk. So let's start with Chad's question, and then we'll get to some managerial candidates. We'll get to a guy that Phil asked me about. I already said no to. And uh, then we go through some stories. And lastly, remember the media guide game? That's right. We're going to bring back the 2018 Minnesota Twins Media Guide, a front cover that did not age well. It sure looked cool at the time. Brian Dozier in his gold glove. Byron Buxton looking serious with his, uh, what is that, a platinum glove. And Paul Molitor smiling front and center. That uh, that was just well, less than a year ago. That was spring training this year that we got that. So we're probably talking only eight months ago, and my, how times have changed. So let's jump into the questions, and for sure we'll play the Media Guide game later today. That ought to be interesting. I see Chad, I see Chris, I see Jonathan. What's up, you guys? Thanks for hanging out. Really appreciate uh, the interaction. Let's start with Chad's because I saw his first. He says, Derek, do you have a sense for the degree to which the managerial decision for the Twins will affect Joe Maurer's decision on whether to return or not? Chad, I don't. It's a good question, and it's something I thought about um, – well, kind of towards the end of the day on Tuesday. It was really a busy day on Tuesday, and that was just one tentacle. I will tell you that Derek Falvey was asked about Joe Maurer during the press conference in which they announced the firing, and he said, well, I think the question was important. The question was something along the lines of, um, hey, would you consider offering Joe Maurer a contract just right now? even before he sort of made up his mind about what he wants to do next year. And Derek Falvey sort of laughed at it, but, but said, you know, no, it's a good question. Um, they have not extended an offer. They're going to let him make his decision, but they have had a conversation about what the future looks like with Joe Maurer, Falvey said. And my guess is that was very, very preliminary. My indication is that Joe wants to take time to think this decision through. Even if he knows in his mind today what he wants to do, I don't think he wants to make that final call for at least a couple of weeks. Um, it could be more than that. I don't know what the timeline is for Joe. But um, Falvey said that there will be multiple conversations throughout the offseason, not only about what Joe does next year in terms of retire, play, play for the Twins, but... Falvey also sort of laid some of the groundwork, he said, for what that future relationship might look like if Joe's not playing. So that was interesting to me, sort of similar to what they apparently did last year with Paul Molitor that said, okay, hey, here's a three-year contract. You're coming back as a manager, but what would it look like if you weren't the manager? They had those conversations dating back a year, which was a little surprising to me. Um, same kind of deal apparently is going on with Joe Maurer right now. So take that for whatever it's worth. Uh, I don't know that Joe is resolute in what he wants to do, but as I told you guys a week ago, not a week ago, it's only five days. It only feels like three weeks. 
Five days ago, I said, I, I think Joe Maurer's done. I think he's going to retire. But maybe he thinks that today, too, and he's going to change his mind in two weeks. Uh, we've got a little bit of experience here on the west side of uh, the Mississippi with Brett Favre. But our friends to the east have a much more intimate relationship with that uh, retire, come back, play another year, play two years. Not the same sort of circumstances because Brett was still a superstar. Maurer's just a very good player and important to uh, Minnesota. I don't know. I'm not sure if my rambling really answered your question, Chad, but um, I know that they were close. I know that um, Joe was expecting Paul to be back. Who wasn't? But if they brought in, you know, manager candidate X and hired that person, would that mean Joe goes from, oh, I'm definitely coming back to, no way, I can't play for anybody but Molitor? I highly, highly, highly doubt that. But it's a good question, Chad. Thanks for asking. Uh, we got Chad, Chris, Jonathan, Leland, um, Scott, Justin, and Grady. We got some Facebook questions galore to get to. Uh, ba -ba -bum. Let's, let's finish the Facebook questions. Then we'll jump over to Twitter because um, these Facebook Q&As are set up for just that. They're not Twitter Q&As. You've got access to me on Twitter all the time. For the record, if you are uh, listening to the podcast and you don't follow me on either one, that's perfectly fine. If you're going to pick one, choose Facebook. Please hit my Facebook page, Derek Wetmore MLB. Uh, that's way more important to me than my Twitter account. Chris. Chris has got a question. Hi, Derek. What are your thoughts on how much money the Twins will spend this winter? They'll have more money available than they've ever had, but I think there's a very good chance they'll enter 2019 with a bottom 10 payroll in MLB. Your thoughts? Um, I'd be very surprised if they enter next season with a bottom 10 payroll. I'd be very surprised. You look at the money that's coming off the books for the twins this year, and it's hard to, it's hard to, um, put yourself in their shoes. Like we're just accustomed to them having a little bit of spending money, or maybe they've got 20 or $30 million to spread around, or maybe they've got the okay to sign a four-year contract in the mid-50s for a mid-rotation starting pitcher. Ricky Nolasco, Irvin Santana come to mind. Um, even the Phil Hughes contract extension. That, to me, is different than what you're looking at this winter. And it's different for a couple of reasons. The first of which, despite a step back in 2018, I still think that the Twins front office looks at this core group and says, all right, that was horrible. Eddie Rosario finished the season poorly. Miguel Sano's season was a wash. Byron Buxton was basically terrible until he forced his way onto the major league lineup, and they said, no thanks. Um, Brian Dozier had a bad year, and then they sold him. Um, Irvin Santana, obviously, not part of that young core. So let's just stick with the young core. Jorge Polanco suspended for steroids. All those things I wouldn't have necessarily seen coming. If I was trying to pick the range of most likely outcomes, I, I don't know that any of those. And, and Thad Levine said it himself the other day at the press conference. I included it um, in my column. On the range of outcomes that the Twins could have projected, Byron Buxton's 2018 season and Miguel Sano's 2018 season were not on that spectrum, Levine said. And so that's kind of, all right, well, you could – be cynical and say well, your spectrum wasn't wide enough. Or you could say, yeah, same. Same here. I didn't see that coming from Byron Buxton. I didn't think we'd be talking in October about Miguel Sano's career at yet another crossroads. I, I thought these questions were behind those two guys. I thought they were the core of a strong nucleus of young players that the Twins could come into this winter and really supplement with some free agent spending. It doesn't look that way anymore, obviously. The 2018 season weighs pretty heavily. But all I'm saying is that despite that, they still see, I'm talking about the Twins, uh, a way forward with this group. That's reason number one. Reason number two, this year's free agency class has a lot to like. There's a lot to offer. And if you're willing to spend the money, there should be some pretty good players. We'll have all winter 
not all winter. We got about a month here to start dreaming on some of these players, the Manny Machados, the Bryce Harpers, the Clayton Kershaw, if he turns down his player option. These sort of things that uh, you'll get to dream on for the month of October. Now, you'd rather be watching postseason baseball and still dreaming on it, but this might be the next best thing. Um, that's why, Chris, I think that they're going to spend some big money this winter. I think they have to, as I as I wrote this afternoon uh, for my column on the Twins v. the Brewers, the Twins really have to address the foundation of their franchise right now. And secondly, they have the ability to do it. So it's like the foundation is crumbling on the house and you got the resources to fix it. Are you just going to sit there? I, I don't think that's what they do. Um, so h- how much money will they spend? I don't know that, Chris, but I think there are there are expensive players out there that are worth the money. Maybe you have to overspend to get them, whatever. It's just money. Um, I think the Twins will be active this winter, and that that's just a hunch. But I think they have eyes set on contending in 2019. If you're new to the podcast, uh, this is not atypical. If we get 50 questions, I'm going to try to motor through them. We've got about eight or nine questions right now, and I just spent – it looks. I'm looking down at my clock right now. I spent 11 minutes answering the first two questions. So buckle up, I guess. I shouldn't have had that second cup of coffee. Jonathan says he was going to ask the same question. As uh, Chad asked earlier on uh, the managerial change in Joe Maurer and what that means. Leland says your artwork is on point. All right, I'll tell you a story. Uh, If you're watching on Facebook, this will make sense. If you're listening on the podcast, sorry, bear with me. The artwork that's over my right shoulder, am I doing this right, is... uh, Well, it's all wall art. It's all decorative. Um, That one was a gift. That's a holdover. I, you might say, stole that from an old roommate of mine, a good, good friend. Um, The one over my other shoulder, that is hideous, and it's not mine. That belongs to my brother. He taped a canvas onto a picture frame, uh, stapled a canvas or nail-gunned it or whatever, filled water balloons with paint and chucked them at the canvas. So we actually have another one of these that has a puncture hole in it, and I like that one better. I think it tells a story. But anyways, Leland, thank you. Your comments are on point. I see Trevor joined the chat. What's up, Trev? Thanks for coming, man. Um, Let's get to questions from Scott, Justin, Grady, Louie, Brian, Craig. And then I want to tell you guys about the column I wrote, and if there's time left over, before first pitch of that uh, Astros Indians game, I'll get to my uh, I'll get to my Twitter questions. We don't need the TV yet. Scott wants to know: Are the Twins going to go after top of the rotation guy? That depends who's out there. Scott, I don't know that that person will become available. Let's pull up MLB trade rumors. I, I just like having fun with this. MLB trade rumors, free agents, 2019. Because when I think of top-of-the-rotation guys, there are two distinctions. Jose Barrios is a top-of-the-rotation guy. I mean, sort of, right? But then there are the aces, and we talk about every year. How many of those guys exist? 12? 14? In all of baseball? So those people aren't often available. But off the top of my head, I know, um, isn't Keuchel a free agent? And uh, Kershaw's got that option. Now, if I'm Kershaw, I probably don't turn down that option. Back problems surface yet again, shocker. And I might say, you know what? This is a pretty good gig being the ace of the Dodgers on a great team with a young core, tons of money to spend, a smart front office, a great stadium that plays in Southern California, that pays me all the money I could ever need. Yeah, that's a pretty good situation. So I don't know what's going to happen there. Just guessing. But let's... um. Let's look through some of these. I mean, these are in alphabetical order, so it doesn't help too much to answer your question. But uh, the starting pitchers that are available per MLB trade rumors, 
And look, this is like the second day of the offseason for me, so it's not like I spent a ton of time in these lists wondering uh, and, and shopping for the Twins, spending their money for them. Madison Bumgarner, he's got a $12 million club option, a small buyout. Don't bet on it. Bartolo Colon's going to be a free agent. Don't bet on that either. Jaime Garcia. Um, Cole Hamels. $20 million club option with a huge buyout. Uh, $6 million buyout, according to MLB Trade Rumors. Who else we got? Matt Harvey's available. He's not the Matt Harvey you once knew. Jeremy Hellickson, Derek Holland, Francisco Liriano, Lance Lynn, Wade Miley, Matt Moore has a club option. But here's the big one. Clayton Kershaw can opt out of the next two years of his deal which are worth uh, $65 million according to MLB Trade Rumors. He's 31. He's had back issues. That's exactly what I'm talking about. He pitches tonight, actually, so I'll be curious to see what happens. If you're listening to the podcast after, drop me a comment. Let me know how he did. Dallas Keuchel's a free agent. Um, that, would, that would certainly be one of the bigger names available. David Price can opt out of his contract, but that's a lot of money left on that deal. Um, CC Sabath, he's a free agent. I had interest in him last year for the Twins. Um, not 100% sure if they did, but I would expect that they did have interest in CC. Um, but he returned to New York, obviously. You know that. Um, and Chris Sale's club option is $15 million. That's a no-brainer. Anibal Sanchez, who pitches tonight opposite Clayton Kershaw, is going to be a free agent once again. Um, the Twins tried that in spring training. We all made fun of him. We all made fun of the Twins for thinking that they could fix Anibal. Then they cut him to sign Lance Lynn. Then he went and had a great year for the Atlanta Braves, did Anibal Sanchez. And, uh, yeah, he's pitching in the postseason for the Bravos against Clayton Kershaw tonight, actually. So, whoops, we were probably wrong to make fun of the Twins. Other free agents will probably include Irvin Santana, who I would imagine you buy him out if you're the Twins. It only costs you a million bucks. Um, Josh Tomlin, Adam Wainwright, who's 37. Yeah, so anyway, Keuchel, Kershaw, maybe look for a trade. Those might be the ways to address top-of-the-rotation um, starters, if that's really what you're looking for. But, Scott, it's a good question, and you gave me another, what is that, seven minutes of rambling? So thank you very much. I see Daniel join the chat. What's up, Daniel? I think we just hit the high point for a number of people in the chat. Um, so thanks to everybody for swinging by. It's awesome. I don't know how busy our off-season chats are going to be, but I think if the Twins uh, start getting their nose in the Manny Machado sweepstakes or something like that, there might be a few people that tune back into this team. Justin wants to know: Do you feel that the do you feel that this is one of the most important off seasons in Twins history? Before I read the rest of the question, my answer is yes. Justin, I'll keep reading. Um, I feel like anyone is fair game for trade, like Buxton, Sano, etc. Since Falvey didn't pick these players originally, yeah, I don't know, Justin. I'm not sure what the no trade list looks like, but I would imagine Royce Lewis is on it. You'd have to think Alex Kirilov is on it. Um, based on just the incredible season that those guys had. Uh, who else wouldn't you trade for anything right now? It's pretty tough because, I mean, if somebody calls and says, hey, what do you think of Mike Trout? You'd say, I really think Mike Trout's a very good baseball player. Um, but, you know, if you're talking about lesser conversations, uh, if you're looking for a mid-rotation starter, or let's even use a Twins example, if you're looking for a Jake Odorizzi with two years left on his team control, that doesn't cost you one of these players. But yeah, I mean, you can go down the list. I think this is kind of getting at your question, Justin. This is a huge offseason for the Twins um, because of where they're at on sort of the win curve. They, they should have been better than 78 wins this year. They were not. They should have seen steps forward from Byron Buxton, Miguel Sano, Eddie Rosario, Jorge Polanco, Max Kepler. They did not. And that, to me, is troubling. I, I, I think this was the group you were hoping to build around. Boreos is on that list, too, but you did see a step forward from Boreos. Um, So going into next year, you kind of like your rotation, but you'd really like it if you had a top-of-the-rotation person to bump everybody back a peg. 
Um, you'd really like it if you could guarantee health. But there are a lot of question marks. With the whole 25-man roster, it's not just the staff. Um, those, those young guys are included. So, yeah, I do think this is a really big offseason for those two reasons. Young core needs fixing, and so there shouldn't be any off-limits discussions. Secondly, you got money to spend. I did the calculation in, like, April or May. Now, this isn't apples to apples, so please don't go around quoting this and say, but Derek said they had this much to spend. Just hear me out. If they said goodbye to all of their pending free agents and they uh, didn't sign you know, any of their guys, any of their arbitration-eligible players, if they just non-tendered them and said goodbye – that's not going to happen. You're not going to non-tender Eddie Rosario. But just bear with me for a second. If they did all that stuff and then spent the $1 million on the buyout for Irv Santana, which they should, that to me left $100 million in available payroll. And that's assuming you were only going to go to last year's opening day payroll. You might surpass that. Maybe you won't. Maybe revenue is not what you wanted this year. I don't know. I don't really care about that stuff. What I know, what I know, is that with Joe Mauer's twenty-three million coming off, Irvin Santana clears about thirteen million, I think. Logan Morrison, you're probably not taking that option, right? Um, Lance Lynn is gone. Phil Hughes, maybe you're paying some of that contract, but so is somebody else. There's a lot of money that got freed up. Uh, you traded Brian Dozier; he was going to be a free agent. You traded Eduardo Escobar; he was going to be a free agent. Ryan Presley was going to get a, a nice little arbitration raise, and now he's pitching for the Astros in the playoffs. Um, by the way, that's a column. i got to write that sometime. Ryan Presley, I'm making a note here mid-video. Ryan Presley dominating for the Astros is a bad look for the Twins. That guy was in there all along. How come the Twins couldn't get it out of him? Um, but anyways, back to the point on how much money they'll have to spend. It won't be $100 million, I wouldn't guess, but... We should hold them to a pretty high standard, I think. I think this Twins front office has uh, financial resources that they should spend to upgrade the 2019 team. And it's not like, what was it, two winters ago when the top free agent pitching prize was Rich Hill? It's not like that this time around. There's some pitchers. We just talked through them. There's definitely some position players that are going to be available. And I don't know why the Twins wouldn't go shopping. So we'll see. We'll see if they do. My guess is that they will, but Justin, I'm only 57 minutes into answering your question about is this the most important offseason in Twins history? I think it's probably the most important offseason since I started covering the Twins. So, I mean, let's say since Target Field opened. Grady says, we need an elite bat in the middle of the order. What are the odds we make a run at Machado? Grady continues and says he would really change the lineup. Yes, I agree. Manny Machado would make this lineup look nice. I'd play him at third base. I don't think he's a shortstop, but you got to figure out, do you like Jorge Polanco or Manny Machado better at short? And I, that's Machado. But um, I'm curious, though. Like, I, I would draw a hard line. I would say, like, Manny... You want to play for our team and win a World Series in Minneapolis? We want you to play third base. Miguel's going to play first base. Mitch Garver might platoon over there or something. Um, not with Sano. That maybe doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, you'd move some pieces around to make Manny at third base work because he's a better third baseman than Sano, and that's not close. Um, but I think the word is that Machado's going to want to play shortstop. And... I don't think he's a sensational shortstop. I think he's good. I Look, Manny Machado is one of the best players in baseball, so I'm not here to, like, criticize his ability. I'm just saying if you're going to spend $350 million on a player or something like that, you got to make sure you're getting some excellent returns in that way. And I think Manny Machado had a great year offensively, and he doesn't have the range of some of the best shortstops in the game. And it's as simple as that. Um, so anyways, would I entertain the idea of signing Machado, Grady? A hundred percent I would entertain that idea, and I think the Twins should too. Um, what are the odds they make a run at him? You know what I'm going to answer there. 
Anytime anybody asks me an odds question, the answer, unless it's 0%. If it's 0%, I just say 0. If it's anything less than that, Grady, the odds that the Twins pursue Manny Machado this winter is definitely non-zero. Scott says, are you ready for sweater season? Believe it. This is a quarter zip. I actually got this from Hubbard. It's pretty awesome. But um, the sweaters are out. I only have a couple A sweaters out right now, if I'm being honest. Uh, but I did go get the, the two drawers full of sweaters. I got them um, pulled out and dusted off the other day. I just haven't hung them and started them in rotation. Um yeah, I got my quarter zip. I got a couple of A sweaters. I got my 40-degree jacket. It's go time, baby. Welcome to October baseball. Um, Scott, you're getting your comment pinned to the top of this Facebook chat. Thanks for dropping by. Let's see. I see Trevor, Daniel, Dan, Tony all join the chat. Craig's got a question. Thanks for hanging out, guys. Much appreciated. All right, Louie's got a question on number seven. Louie asks, if Maurer is indeed finished, I think the Twins should target a trade for Carlos Santana. He fills a leadership void, gets on base at a healthy clip, still has usable pop in his bat, and can play a solid first base. A trade would then allow Hoskins to move back to first base. Your thoughts? So I haven't spent a ton of time thinking about the Phillies situation, but when I read that, Louie, I think to myself, why would the Phillies do that? And the reason's simple. Um, they signed him last winter to be their guy, and they know he has a great on-base ability. They know the leadership stuff that you're talking about. Um, do I think he's a great first baseman? Not necessarily, but I think he's good. He was a finalist for the Gold Glove in the American League in his last year with Cleveland. I think he's decent. Um, he's not Joe Maurer good at first base, but he's decent. Um, I don't know. I just don't really see it making a ton of sense for the Phillies given where they are in their win curve. If they were rebuilding or if they were looking to take a step back, then yeah, absolutely. I'd say three years of Carlos Santana, gimme. Uh, or is it was it a four-year deal or a three-year deal? I wanted to say he signed for something weird like like four years and $60 million. Let's double check. Carlos Santana, a three-year $60 million deal. Okay, so it makes a little more sense in that case, Louie, because – um, yeah, two years and 40 left, I assume. That's that's movable. There's maybe some surplus value there. But if you're the Phillies, I just – I don't know. Maybe I'm underestimating how much that Hoskins logjam screws with things. I got to go to a Phillies game this summer, actually. Um, I was in PA for a nice uh, work convention and snuck out to go to a Phillies-Dodgers game right after the Machado trade. It was pretty cool. And they love Reese Hoskins there. It was a little weird because Chase Utley was back and he was making his final return before retiring, of course. Um, and so I don't know if this is normal or typical, but I, if, if I was to say, just to pick a number, if I saw a 1,000 jerseys and jerseys at uh, Citizens Bank, it was 975 Chase Utley jerseys. Uh, I could not believe how much he – and you see it, Twins. There's a lot of Joe Maurer, Torrey Hunter, Kirby Puckett, um, some Mornos, and then it tails off after that. But, like, wow. It was it was 100-to-1 Chase Utley for the next highest, and then it was like Mike Schmidt and Pete Rose. I think I only saw one Pete Rose jersey. But the point is just that, like, Reese Hoskins um, is the talk of the town. Chase Utley was the talk of the weekend. That's fine. Reese Hoskins is uh, sort of a fan favorite, and unsurprisingly. But anyway, Louie, I spent too much time probably talking about the Phillies. I don't know that their situation warrants it, uh, giving up on a Carlos Santana right now. And if you're the Twins, I don't know what major league talent you'd be willing to give to get that right now. 
especially if you're not sure if Miguel Sano is a third baseman. I just think that's such a big variable in this. If Miguel Sano plays first base, that clogs up a lot of other things. It frees him up. Okay, just go be a hitter. Learn where to take the cutoffs and try to scoop some throws with your good hands. It takes away his good arm, but they already showed they're willing to do that. Joe Maurer had a good arm, and they moved him to first base. Um, I, I just don't know. I don't know that the Carlos Santana to the Twins makes sense right now. I would have liked that last offseason, but if you're Philadelphia, I don't know why you do that just a year after signing the contract. Uh, let's see. Brian's got a question. Brian, what do you think about signing a great defensive shortstop like Jose Iglesias and moving Polanco to second? Love it. Um, I don't know. I'd have to do more looking into Iglesias specifically. Um, I know I was interested in him last offseason. I heard the Twins were interested too. They did some kick in the tires, so to speak. But I don't know. I don't know if um, a shortstop that doesn't hit makes a lot of sense right now, given where the Twins are. The Twins probably want a shortstop that can also hit. But Anderson Simmons don't grow on trees. So, yeah, is Manny Machado that answer? I'm not sure. Like I said, I don't love Machado as a shortstop, so we'll see. But I'm not opposed to the idea, Brian. I think Jorge Polanco as a second baseman makes all kinds of sense. I wrote it in my last five thoughts column of the season before, you know, before the wrap-up stuff and everything. I wrote that I would try out Jorge Polanco at second base, but it's, you know, that's a little late to try that experiment. Somebody says nice couch. Phil says nice couch. Yeah, thank you. It's actually not mine. It's a roommate's. But it does the job. (laughs) Actually, that's probably where I'll be sitting to watch this uh, Astros-Indians game, which I'm going to turn on my TV right now so that we don't miss it. If you are listening on the podcast and you're not a Facebook subscriber, check out the Facebook page. Um, It's just Derek Wetmore MLB, simple as pie. I touch it probably every single day, Um, certainly during the season, but even off-season. There's a lot to talk about. People drop comments in there. I'm way more apt to respond to those than I am on Twitter. Twitter, I'm maybe 50-50, and that's if I'm, like, being pretty generous to myself with the ratio. It might be lower than that. But Facebook, I don't know. Ask somebody. They they pretty much they pretty much get round the clock access to me on Facebook. Um No, we don't want Premier League here. We want baseball. Not Fox. I think it's the TBS game that we want. So yeah, anyways, if you're a podcast listener and you're not on Facebook, hit me up on Facebook because I love talking baseball with people on Facebook. Um, and I'm not being sarcastic. I'm being sincere. If you are listening to the podcast and you don't like Facebook, you're like, yeah, that's nice, Derek, but that's just not me. Um, that's fine. That's fine, too. Uh, then I would say try to get on my newsletter. If you can get on my email newsletter, that's where you're going to get at least once a week all the links, thoughts, videos, podcasts, and uh, some original stuff from me through the off season. Specifically during uh, spring training in the season is where we really ramp that thing up, and I think there's a lot of value for being on the uh, email list. Um, if you're skeptical, that's fine. I mean, maybe check one out and then unsubscribe if you hate it. That's perfectly fine. No, no feelings will get hurt on my end. So let's dive back into questions now that all that shameless self-promoting is out of the way. And uh, I got a couple of Twitter questions we got to get to, guys, too, and I know we've got, like, 15 or 20 minutes, so let's try to hop in on a media guide game quickly. All right, Craig says, Firing Molitor has put the target squarely on Falvine's back. Pause. Can we stop with the Falvine? I don't get it. I don't like it. It's not clever. Um, And I see it everywhere. Craig, I'm not singling you out. It sounds like I am, but I'm totally not. Um, I see writers do this all the time. I hear people ask me questions like it. It's constant on Twitter. Falvey and Levine is not that long. 
Back to your question, Craig, and I'm sorry for making you an example. Um, I think they are under pressure to make a splash this offseason. Who do you think their number one target is? Agree with you. I totally agree that this is a big offseason for Falvey and Levine. They'll look bad if they have another bad offseason. Um, and that'll really put the screws on them because you're going to be entering the third year of your contract leading the Twins, and if anything, you can say that it's been a step backwards. Um, so I do think they'll make a big splash this winter. I think they're going to spend big money. I think they'll bring in multiple people who advance this thing forward for 2019. And I mean, I think it's right to apply pressure to them, but if I were to guess, if I were to just say, Hey, take your pick today, do they come through or do they flop? I would say they're going to come through. Um, obviously 2018 season did not go well for them, but I still think, it's a really smart duo, and they are surrounded by a lot of really smart people. I think you'll be. I think this time next year we'll be having a playoff preview Facebook Live session, and that's just my thoughts right now. I reserve the right to change my opinion if they have another bad off season like they did last year. Which let me get into that really quickly, and then I I promise a bunch of questions. Um, <laughs> Craig, I didn't mean to make you feel bad. Um. What I was going to say is that uh, we got several more questions, and then I got to jump over to Facebook questions too. So I think it's time for some rapid fire, but I do want to tell you guys my column. If you haven't read it, um, man, you're going to want to check it out. It's flame. So I see Phil, Barry, Dave, Colin, Dave again, Hunter, Phil, Justin, Tony, everyone jumping in. Um, questions on Facebook. We're going to go rapid fire right after this column quick. I, I won't even spend much time teasing it. If you want to check it out, please do, 1500ESPN.com, or it's linked on my Facebook page. I say Twins and Brewers were in the same spot last year, but very different off-seasons led to this. I should probably change that headline. That's not very descriptive of what I wrote about. But I basically wrote that, hey, the Brewers are in the postseason because they traded for Christian Yelich and signed Locaine to a five-year, $80 million contract. Pretty simple. The Twins, meanwhile, went bargain shopping, and they didn't have the same season. The Twins were counting on their foundation to take a step forward. It didn't take a step forward. They didn't supplement it enough, and that foundation then crumbled. So it's a tough road forward for the Twins for sure, but um, it's just worth pointing out that, hey, everyone was talking about these two teams in the same breath last year. Hey, suitors for uh, Jake Arrieta or you Darvish or whatever. Twins, Brewers, because both won in the mid-80s, were on the fringe of the playoffs with a young core about to take that next step, and they needed to supplement it with pitching. The Brewers kind of did that. They lost Jimmy Nelson, signed Yolis Chassin, and, um, well, Josh Hader emerged as a relief ace. But the Brewers were like, no, pitching is not the only thing. We're going to go get Yelich. We're going to go get Lorenzo Cain. And let's go. Uh, the Twins didn't do that. They were like, well, we'll get Logan Morrison if he's cheap, or we'll get Lance Lynn if he's cheap. Um, we'll sign this bullpen trio. That's, like, good but not great, but we hope it works out. It didn't work. And the Twins now are picking up the pieces. They won 78 games this year. The Brewers won 95, 96 if you count that final game. I don't. Um, and then they beat the Cubs. Then they won game one against the Rockies, and – off to the races. I don't know how the rest of the series is going to play off, play out. I'm just saying you'd probably rather be the Brewers than the Twins right now, and that's my hot take for the day. So let's get to the rapid-fire part of the questions. Media Guide game, and we're out. I'm not kidding. I'm going to go rapid-fire here because there's so many to get to. Um, but if there's a question that I like, Sometimes questions turn into columns. If there's a question that deserves more attention and then I just have to breeze past it, don't worry. I'm going to try to get back to you on my Facebook page. I'll just type back to you instead of doing it on this video or, or this podcast. So with that said, um, Trevor says, why would the Cubs lose? Ooh, that's a tough one. How much time do you have? Uh, it comes down to baseball is weird. 
Baseball can be random sometimes. Good teams lose. Um, it it happens. Uh, they won 95 games. That's pretty darn good, and that's going to be a good team next year too. Justin says Keuchel and Corbin are the top of the class. Yes, thank you, Patrick Corbin. I forgot. You know, you guys know I like Patrick Corbin because I put him on a trade candidate list last year and said, "Hey, the Twins should sniff around and go get this guy." And uh, yeah, he's pitching for the Snakes, but I believe you're right. I believe he's a free agent, and I think he's like 29 or 30. Tony says, "Terrible bullpen. How do you address? Go get a relief ace. Expect Trevor Hildenberger to take a step forward. Taylor Rogers is good. Move Trevor May full time to the bullpen. Maybe he's a closer candidate. Move Fernando Romero to the bullpen." And uh, don't trade Ryan Presley. Dave says, hi, I'm here for the couch auction. Does it come um, from a bed bug free home? No promises made, Dave. Phil says, nice couch. Apparently that's the star of the show. Um, can you move so we can see it a little better? Yeah, let me get off camera. Maybe I'll do the rest of the Facebook video outside of the shot. You guys can observe the couch and the wall art. And, hey, the uh, fish tank lights are on a timer. Maybe those will come on before the end of this video. All right. See you, Facebook. Turn my screen so I can see it all. Okay. Barry's got a question. Barry, how much for the couch in the background? My gosh, what is going on here? When I saw a flood of questions coming in, I was like, oh, good. We got some twins questions, or they don't like my hot take about the Brewers. Nope. Everybody wants to know about the couch in the background. Dave says, I was told that you were selling a couch. Can I see it under a black light, please? Phil says, so you're selling your roommate's couch. Uh, sorry, bud. Uh, he's going to get home from work, and there is going to be a hole in the living room where the couch used to be and just a $20 bill. That's his split. Uh, Patrick wants to know who's going to be the next Twins manager. I have no idea. I don't think they know today. I think they might have their uh, their pick, their favorite, but if you had that answer, um, you wouldn't be doing the search any justice. Gosh, maybe Joe Madden's going to be available. I know Joe Girardi's available. I wouldn't hire him. Mike Matheny's available. That's the person I teased earlier in the podcast when I said, Phil asked me, would you hire this guy as your manager, Mike Matheny, go? I said, no, not interested in that. Uh, maybe it's somebody from the current staff. Derek Shelton's been mentioned as a managerial candidate. Jeff Pickler's one of the smartest baseball guys I've talked to. There are a lot of candidates at the same time, there are a lot of jobs open, so go get the right person. Phil says, has he authorized the sale of this couch? You guys, I don't know that I'm going to answer any more couch questions. No, he has not authorized it, but if we got 40 bucks for it, I'm pretty sure he'd be happy to split the pot. I'm skipping over another couch question. Dave is apparently making fun of the size of my forehead. He says, how much does it cost to take an Uber ride across your forehead? Ouch. Um, Colin says, sorry if you already answered this, but what does Joe Girardi do for you? I'm not uh, – look, it's not to say I'm not a Joe Girardi guy. I'm just not a Joe Girardi for the Twins guy. The number one thing that I took out of the press conference, and I posted this on the podcast the other day. Let's go back and listen to the press conference highlights if you didn't hear this, but – the number one thing I took was Thad Levine saying matter-of-factly that they are looking for a manager, not only for the future, the, the long-term vision of this franchise. They are looking for a manager who can connect with today's young player. They said Paul Molitor was exceptional at doing that, but they're looking for somebody different, a different voice. Okay, well, we got to take them at their word that they're looking for somebody who can motivate young players. Joe Girardi connecting with millennials does not strike me as his number one, uh, the number one skill that he would list on his resume. I don't know how many endorsements he has for that on LinkedIn, but I'm thinking it's going to be less than other candidates. So it, for sure it would not be his number one endorsed skill. Um, 
if you were ranking on LinkedIn. I, I don't know. I haven't checked. Maybe somebody can check Joe Girardi's LinkedIn for me and get back to me on the Facebook chat. But I would just say if you're looking for somebody con- connecting with young players, I don't know that you go out and get somebody who's managed forever and ever. Um, with that being said, maybe a guy like Ron Gardenhire, who obviously is content in a job in Detroit, you're not going to rehire Gardenhire. My point is just that maybe somebody like that who's been managing for a long time, maybe he is great at connecting with young players. I don't know that answer. Um, Buck Showalter is a genius. I don't think I would hire Buck Showalter for this job. Selfishly, I would love it. I covered him for a summer in Baltimore, and uh, he and Molitor rank as two of the most uh, influential people in my short career learning about baseball. Um, But would he motivate and give the resources needed for uh, Max Kepler, Byron Buxton, Jorge Polanco, Jose Barreos. Is he that guy? I don't know. I don't know that Joe Girardi's that guy either. Um, skipping another couch question, another couch question. Boy, Dave is getting after it. He's getting banned. Another couch question, another couch question. Justin says, I will vouch for him responding best in the biz. You must be talking about Facebook because that ain't the case with tweets. Uh, Tony says, don't sell yourself short. Your baseball analysis is on target and great. You must just be nice because uh, Dave was making fun of me. Um, another couch question. Craig says, sorry, bro, no more Falvian for me. I'm sorry to put you on the spot there, Craig. I didn't mean you. Um, Barry, please, sir, tell us about the couch. Oh, my gosh. Jeez Louise, what is going on? Oh, Eagles fans. That's why the chat got so negative. Brutal. All right, well, I'm going to have fun after this video ends just banning a bunch of Philadelphia Eagles fans from trolling the chat. Um, Ricky Phelps. Ricky says, is Astadio on the Twins roster next August? Great question. I don't know. Uh, Yes. I'll say yes. Josh joined the chat. What's up, Josh? Thanks for hanging out, man. Um, Couch, couch. Not couch, but don't know what you're talking about. Um, Craig, last question. We'll get to uh, the Facebook The end of the Facebook chat. Um, Craig says, are the Twins going to go after a catcher or stay in-house? I would at least look at it. I would look at pursuing a trade for a catcher. Um, I would also look to free agency for catchers. Um, But I don't know what they're going to do. Honestly, I, I just keep hearing people talk about Jason Castro, Jason Castro. And to me, betting on somebody like him is risky because you just don't know with knee procedures how many games is he going to catch next year? If it's 110, if you tell me it's 110, I want you to tell me what percent sure are you that it's 110. If you're 100% sure that he's going to play 110 games next year, I think you're fine. I like Mitch Garver. He's made a lot of strides behind the plate as a catcher. As a backup, he's fine, and he's a better hitter than Castro. Williams has to deal. Put the bat on the ball this year. Hit for some power. If that's real, you like that on your roster. Uh... As a catcher, he was a little better than I expected, given the fact that the Twins basically never talked about him as a catcher. But still, how 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 much do you trust him to not only keep that offense up, but to be a quality starting or backup caliber catcher defensively? I don't know. I don't know that answer. Um, all I know is that I'd be worried about the catching situation if I was the Twins, and I would do something proactively this winter to address it. It's probably not your top priority. I think you got to go pitching first, but catching's got to be on your short list of things to improve. So 
With that, I'm going to jump back into the Facebook screen. We've only got a minute or two. Actually, I don't know. Whenever the first pitch goes, I think we're back. Whenever the first pitch goes, um, I'm going to jump off this and uh, let you guys enjoy your baseball game because you don't want to hear me talking. You want to watch the Astros and Indians, game one. Some Facebook questions that came in. All right, D said that uh, when I said the Twins went bargain shopping last winter, he said it's a little harsh. I don't think so. Says that uh, like the front office was getting its feet wet. No, you don't hire a chief baseball officer and general manager with years of experience to get their feet wet. Um, This is the big leagues. Everyone's expected to be up to speed and ready to go the minute they take the job in a profile in a position of that profile, you don't hire somebody for on-the-job training. You don't hire interns to run the front office. They're responsible for what they did last winter, and uh, they will be for this winter as well. Anthony says, Jim Polad needed a new addition on his mansion on his island in Vancouver. Maybe next year the Twins will spend. I don't know that that's a warranted shot, but okay. Um, Howard says, getting Yelich was the key for the Brewers. Uh not sure we had what they wanted for him unless they wanted Max, that being Max Kepler. Well, you'd move on from Max Kepler if it meant getting a future NL MVP candidate. Um, let's see. Are there other good Twitter comments? What do the Twins need to do to win the offseason? That Twins guy asks. Win the offseason, you got to get an impact pitcher. You've got to address the catching situation. Figure out, tell me what's going to happen with Joe Maurer, and then I'll figure out the rest. But you'd also like to see Miguel Sano report to camp ready to rock. You'd like to see Byron Buxton ready to go from day one. Um, I'd like to see a shortstop so you can move Polanco to second base. But short of that, maybe Polanco plays second, and you got to go get a second baseman. You have to. Um, Jared gave me a yeah but or a well actually on Twitter. Says it had more to do with the Twins' internal pieces, uh, missing a lot of time. Yeah, I wrote about that in the column, and still, the Brewers did it better. Uh, so that's it for the Twitter questions. They were much shorter than Facebook. I appreciate you guys swinging by on Facebook. And to the podcast listeners, thanks for putting up with this. A lot of couch questions today. Um, hopefully we won't have so many next year after I ban all these Eagles fans once this chat winds up. So, um, Yeah. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you if you are listening to it for the first time, check out some of the other episodes. We did a good one on the Molitor firing, and uh, just subscribe. We'll get, we're going to have plenty this off season. I'm going to add to this cast. It's not just going to be me. It's not going to be just me and Phil Mackey any longer. We're gonna we're gonna start to cycle some people in and really get some great Twins analysis going this winter. So I thank you for stopping by on this day, and I hope to talk with you soon.